You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. We have the whole gang here. Really special episode. Got Rafael Barlow. Got Sam from the Draft Dummies and myself, Richard Samen, from the Mavs Draft. How are y'all doing, Rafael and Sam? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be on. Uh, this, this is the first time we've had all of us on here together, so looking forward to this. Doing well as well, and we got the NBA season starting tomorrow, so it is uh, some of the best time of the year for sure. Cannot complain. Yeah, every sport is back. It's beautiful. And, and thank you so much for making us at Locked On NBA Draft every day your first listen. We are free and available on every single platform that you can get podcasts. Um, we really appreciate all of your support. I know all three of us have done podcasts elsewhere, and we, we have a lot of supporters, and it really means a lot to us. Um, so just diving right into it, we're going to do this in three portions. Uh, this first part's going to be MVP, most improved player, and sixth man of the year. So let's go ahead and start with MVP. Who do y'all have as MVP? I'll start with you, Rafael. I think Giannis is going to win it again. A third time. Yeah, third time. Uh, and maybe I'm a little biased because I've been reading his book. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I mean, it's just a, a very inspirational book and just like his determination and how just hungry he is to succeed. It's pretty amazing where he's come from. And so um, I think last year you can make a case and say his numbers last year were even better than his MVP numbers the year before. It's just kind of like voter voter fatigue. So um yeah, I mean, I think everybody else, LeBron is in a position to switch votes. Harden or Durant are in a position to switch votes. I don't know if they'll give it to Jokic two years in a row, maybe Embiid, maybe Steph. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just – I think uh, I think Giannis will win. Yeah, and, and what's crazy is, like, his points per game went down last year, and I could easily see that bouncing back. Like, he won 29 – he had 29.5 points in 1920 could easily bounce back and that's 30 points a game just about. And that's easy to get MVP when you're also defensive player of the year. What about you, Sam? Uh, so I have kind of a caveat here. I said, whichever of Luka Doncic or Steph Curry plays more games this season. Um, I, I just think the MVP at the end of the day is a little bit of a narrative award. And I think the narrative has kind of been building for both those guys for Luka He's kind of the young, maybe next face of the NBA, hasn't won it yet, and he's going to put up stats. Uh, for Steph, you could argue that he could have won it last year. He was in the top three. You know, if this Warriors team without a ton of help, you know, finishes in the top four of the West this year and he plays enough games, I could certainly see him winning the award. But I'm going kind of a hedge there, whichever of Luca or Steph stays healthy or plays the most games this season. Hey, I would not be opposed to a Luca MVP as Mavs draft. Uh, that would be nice. My pick is actually a little bit different. I do agree. I, I did an episode on the full slate, very deep uh, awards show, I guess, about what I predict. And I was talking about how the narrative matters so much. Like you said, Steph has it. 
Luca has it. Honestly, Giannis is going against it. And if he pulled it off, that would be incredibly impressive. But he also just won the final. So he also has a narrative going for him. Someone who I feel like doesn't get enough recognition. This is my pick is Trey Young. He just, you know, his numbers kind of decreased in his uh, third season from 29 points per game to 25, but he just took his team to the conference finals. And I think he's got, if they get to the top three in Atlanta, I really think that's a team that they could easily, you know, top three conference, best or top three in the conference, best player on the team. I think Trey Young has a really solid case for it, even if, you know, the narrative against defense doesn't exactly help him, but I think he could be someone else. So Moving on to the next one. Let's so do can I add on to that? I think yeah. I think the Hawks take a step back this year because just looking at are they going to be better than Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami? I don't know. I think Nate, I think they're going to be the team that takes the biggest step back because they have so many miles to feed. I feel like they kind of benefited a little bit last year in the playoffs due to a shorter rotation. And now I think, uh, I mean, it's just too many guys to keep happy. Yeah, that's actually a pretty valid point. I, uh, I won my one counter that would be Solomon Hill led them in games played last year. If that changes, like if Trey Young plays the most or something like that, like I feel like they're going to be right back where they were at the least. But that is completely fair. Yeah, I just think that Cam Reddish is going to want more minutes. Hunter um Bogdanovich they just paid Herder <laughs> so they got a lot of miles to to keep happy so um that's that's just my opinion I think they may take a step back just because I thought um they kind of benefited a little bit at the end of the year with a shorter rotation yeah that's completely fair but what about defensive player of the year I'll start with you Raphael same order who do you have oh man I think if if you know, like you're talking about the narrative, I think the narrative was building towards <laughs> Ben Simmons. Um, that's that, that's this is a tough one for me. Um, uh, maybe MB, and you know, you can Giannis is always going to be in there, and, and so is Rudy. Um, will AD be motivated? I don't know, maybe even, yeah, I think it's going to be between those, between those guys. Yeah, I feel like with Ben Simmons, you know, being very behind in the narrative and everything, it also makes this a lot more wide open. Yep. What about you, Sam? Uh, it's boring, but I'm just I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert until he doesn't win the award. Uh, in terms of regular season defense, when he's on the floor, you can basically pencil the Jazz into being whatever you want to say, a top eight defense in the NBA for his minutes when he's on the floor. I think the Jazz are going to be the best team in the Western Conference this season. And so he's going to get kind of the recognition for that defensively. And uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to get some more recognition this season on the offensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, we also, um, David would love hearing all this. Like, huh. I mean, I just, I feel like, I feel like Utah is just, they're pretty steady and they're constant. You know what you're getting from them. And that's a very good pick with Ruby Gobert. Mine, mine is actually um, kind of went against the grain on this. And I'm surprised I don't see this guy's more popular vote getter or, you know, predicted in this is Bam Adebayo on Miami, where I feel like that team is really geared up to be strong on defense in every single way. You know, Lowry, Butler, Bam as like a strong core on that end. 
and Miami's going to be really good this year. So like, like you said, Rafael, like Miami's probably going to be competing for a top three or four seed. Um, I, I do think that Bam Adebayo is going to get a lot of recognition. So that's yeah. my book on it. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's probably better than my Trey Young MVP. Um, so for the last <laughs> one, last one here real quick. So most improved player. I feel like this one's actually one of the more relevant to the draft because most of these guys are on their rookie contract. They're pretty recent draftees in the last two or three years. Who do you all have for most improved this year? I'll, I'll go first on this one. I did an episode, I want to say maybe five, six weeks ago, where I talked about my favorite bets in the NBA. And I said back then that my favorite bet on the entire board was Jordan Poole for most improved. I think he was like 15th or 20th on the list then. I think he was at like plus 6,000 when I said that. He's now, I think, tied with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. for the best odds. So hopefully you guys listened and got your bets in. Um, I, I'm not a betting guy, but I, I did throw a couple dollars on Poole at those odds. And it's just he's improved so much and he's going to play and get a ton of shots, get a ton of opportunity for a good Warriors team. I think there's a good chance he averages 18 to 21, 22, maybe at the maximum points per game this season. You know, most improved is just kind of collecting numbers. It's those box score numbers. So he's going to be on, he's going to be on your TVs. He's playing for the Warriors. Um, it's going to get a lot of opportunity for a good team. And uh, I think he's going to be one of the more, I think he's going to be very uh, well regarded in terms of most improved. And when the Warriors are competing for a playoff spot, he's going to get the recognition for that. And he's, he's basically their second best offensive player too, until Clay Thompson comes back. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. I wonder um, if he loses, if he ends up having, if, well, like, I wonder if Otto Porter is going to have a, a big role in, in the Warriors offense. I mean, he's played well and, yeah. and I mean, with him as the third, fourth option, it's it's uh, pretty good. Uh, I think Clay is going to dip into Jordan Poole because yeah. I think Clay's trying to come back early. I actually had a chance to watch him play at the Drew League this summer, and he was he was incredible. The guy who I've been saying that I think could win it because he's had such a strong summer league, and even with the Nigerian national team, was Jordan War from Milwaukee. And I just don't know if he gets enough minutes now because they just yeah. paid uh, Grayson Allen so. My choice has has um, the one that I had going into it has changed since Jordan Allen. I mean, uh, Grayson Allen got paid today, so I think I'm gonna go with Pool also. Dang, I'll go against the uh, the grain, and I would absolutely love for Jordan Wara to to get it. I was super high on him last year and big fan of his. I'll I my pick is Keldon Johnson, 11 points per game. He had a really strong summer, I think. I mean, he got to train with the U.S. national team for the Olympics. And I really do think he's in for more touches and just overall more volume. I think he only needs like 17, 18 points per game. And that's a pretty, that's a seven points per game jump. Probably only person who would get in his way is Jordan Poole, who will be the first like month and a half, two months most improved. I think that's a pretty safe pick. It's just like once Clay, like you said, Rafael, once Clay comes back, will he dive into that? I'm really curious right before we go to break, what did you all think of Jordan Poole in 2019? Was it 2019? The draft, please. Yeah, this is third year. Yeah. yeah. What did y'all think of him coming out of the draft? Were y'all high on him? What was your like ranking on him, real quick? 
Uh, I think I was pretty in line with consensus. He's just changed so much as a player since he came in. He was kind of, you know, like a shooter with decent size at like six foot five. Um, but it's pretty fascinating to see the development because his handle has come so far. Like he has legit shake off the bounce now that I just didn't see that much of at Michigan. And yeah, it's pretty interesting because, you know, the shooting was viewed as his biggest strength, but I think now kind of his biggest swing skill is where, because he's been at kind of 33, 34%, does he end up there as a shooter or is he closer to 38, 39? So the narrative on him as a prospect is flipped and he's frankly just a little bit more athletic, just a little bit more of that, uh, that wiggle off the bounce than I saw at Michigan. Yeah. I saw him as a, a guy that was, that was going to come in and get buckets. I, I knew that fit was going to be really important for him and which it has definitely played off or paid off for him. He's kind of on the Jordan Clarkson timeline in a sense to me. So, um, I mean, I can't say that I, I thought he would possibly be a 18 point score in his third year in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the progression is, is about right. Yeah. I had him 40th on my board. I had him at one point as high as like 20 and I thought I was insane. And now I kind of wish I'd kept him at, at 20, but I put him at 40. So, um, but no, that's, that's really good insight. So as soon as we come back, we will do our, uh, six man of the year, rookie of the year, and start diving into those all rookie teams. But first, let's talk about Theragun. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, and some of your locked-on NBA draft hosts. I don't know if you guys have ever used them, but I use Theragun, and it has done wonders for me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. All right, welcome back into Locked On NBA Draft. Thank you again so much for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen, whether it's with me, Sam, or Raphael any day of the week. We are available on any and all platforms for free every day of the week. Um, these are your three hosts on Locked On NBA Draft, and we are very grateful for you making us your first listen of the day. I know you have a lot of podcast choices, but it really means a lot. So, Raphael, I'll start with you. Who is your sixth man of the year for this season? Does Kevin Herter start for the Hawks? Uh, no. I think he'll come off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> That's my sixth man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stole it from me. <laughs> what about you, Sam? <sighs> um, I'm going to go. It's crazy because, like, the Lou Williams, you know, you could usually just throw in the Lou Williams. Yeah, I, I would throw Jordan Clarkson again, but I'm going to go different. That's too boring. I can't pick another repeater. So, uh, for sixth man of the year, I think the only, uh, like, stipulation is you you come off the bench for over half the games you play, right? Um, so, 
I, I'll say if Jordan Poole comes off the bench for over half the games, I think he is it. If not, I'm going to go with Derek Rose, who I think could have a good season, provide some offense off the bench. Uh, I'm just a Derek Rose fan, like I think most NBA fans are. And I think the Knicks are going to need some of that offense off the bench. Um, so I think he's going to average probably a little bit more than 15 points per game again. Um, again, I'd say, you know, if, if I had to actually put money on it, I'd probably do Clarkson or Poole. But just to go a little bit against the grain, maybe Derrick Rose uh, gets that for the Knicks. Do you think Tyler Hero starts for Miami? Oh, actually, uh, good call, Raphael. I am amending my pick to Tyler Hero. Thank you. No, I think he's coming off the bench, right? Yeah, because I figured Lowry, Butler, are they going to start uh, Robinson, Tucker? Yeah, you're right. He's going to be their score off the bench. And I am predicting that he has kind of a blow-up year this year after a little disappointing. So thank you for bringing that up. I'm I'm changing my pick to Hero. <laughs> yep. Man, that's a good pick. I didn't think of him. I'm still sticking with Kevin Herter. Um, I do think – I mean, I'm pretty high on Atlanta, so just giving them all the awards <laughs> – so for the next one, this is kind of uh, the start of our forte. Actually, you know what? Can I change my MIP? Yeah. Yep. Here. Precious Achua. Ooh, Ooh, I like it. I like that. He is he going to start? Starting, he yeah. might end up starting at center. Uh, I think um, Boucher is out. Yep. And then uh, Ken Birch. Ken Birch. Yep. Yeah, I think he could end up starting at center. Yeah, he has in the preseason, and he's looked pretty good in those kind of all switchable when they're kind of all six eight, six nine wings out there. So yeah. I like that pick. Hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad about that. So for our six men, we got Tyler Hero, uh, Kevin Herter, and um, who, who did you end up going with, Raphael? For a six man? Yeah, Herter. Okay, so two Kevin Herters and one Tyler Hero. So now for probably our biggest. Uh, Forte, who do y'all have for Rookie of the Year? I'll start with you, Raphael. I'm going to go with, man, I, I, I thought it was going to be between Cade and Jalen Green, but I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to go with Josh Giddy. See, I haven't heard a lot of people say that. He's looked good in the preseason, and I think he might be one of the best Dark Horse Rookie of the Year picks. He also, like, he's already been a pro and did really well in the NBL. Why can't it translate day one? Yeah, I mean, his stats in Australia were very similar to LaMelo's. And if he has the same type of year as LaMelo, and I think, I mean, Detroit's going to be bad. Houston's going to be awful. Um, um, but, yeah, I just think Giddy's going to fill up the, the stat sheet. and He's going to probably average more assists. He's going to rebound. I mean, it looks like they're going to start him at the three. It looks yeah, like he's going to start. He's going to get plenty of minutes. I think that's a good pick, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he'll be more efficient because I, I don't think he's going to take as many bad shots as Jalen Green. So I'm going to go with uh, even more of a long shot here. I'm going to go with Chris Duarte. Um, I think he starts for the Pacers. And so the reason why I'm picking Duarte is because TJ Warren and Karis LeVert are out for probably an extended period. Unfortunately, it sounds like Warren's kind of recovery hasn't been what they expected. So 
Look, look, he's already 24. Uh, I think I tweeted the other day. I looked. He and Devin Booker are the same exact age. Kind of yeah. crazy. Um, but he's ready to come in. He's going to make shots. He's So, look, I, I think if you go down their roster, like Sabonis will be their leading scorer in Brogdon. After that, like I would not be completely shocked if Duarte is their third leading scorer. Maybe that's a little high on him, but um, especially for the odds you can get him at, I like kind of the value of him as rookie of the year. And just for fun to go against the the, the grain here, I'm going to pick Chris, Chris Duarte. Hey, I tweeted something uh, on Sunday night saying how like Carlisle and Jose Calderon in 2013-14 was a match made in heaven. Calderon didn't turn the ball over. He was a mild playmaker and shot the ball perfectly, like just super mistake-free. And that's kind of how I see Duarte being used. And Calderon averaged 11 points a game, four and a half assists, two rebounds, a steal, and just one turnover on 46% shooting, 45% from three. Like that might actually be rookie of the year. He's so polished and he probably won't fail. So yeah. I I like that pick. That's a really good dark horse pick. I guess I'll be the one to go just fall right into the norm. I think it's Cade Cunningham, unless the ankle is just so bad. I can't see a way that Cade Cunningham is not top three, at least in the MVP voting. And I go back and forth every single day on Jalen Green or Cade Cunningham, but I'm going with Cade. I think he can kind of get the, you know, get closer to almost 25 and five, which is probably going to be better than Jalen Green's like 22, three and four or something like that. So I've got Cade, um, Sam, you have Chris Duarte. Yep. And Rafael, you got Josh Giddy. Yep. I like that. I like that. So when we come back, we will do our all rookie teams. We'll go ahead and get those um, picks out. Uh, but first a quick, quick word from bet online and rock auto. As we do this episode of the podcast on betting and predicting and pretty much just trying to see who will be the rookie of the year, all rookie, MVP, defense player there, you name it, Bet Online is the number one spot for the basketball season this year and betting on basketball. And head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on with one word, L-S-C-K-E-D-O-N. For basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, everything is going on right now. You don't want to wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Bet online where the game starts. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. With Rock Auto, you can save time and money, and why would you choose to spend 50%, 100% more, in however much it is, for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can go to Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, you name it. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your car needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Back here with Raphael and Sam, the other co-hosts from Locked On NBA Draft that you can find Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So for all rookie teams, this is five and it's all positionless. Um, you get, or I guess, five on each, I should say. Five players on each. 
Let's start with you, Sam. Um, mm -hmm. Who are your first five on the all-rookie team? Yeah, so let me start with the disclaimer that these are not my rankings of them. This is not my projection of them. If you look at these awards, it's generally the rookies that, you know, are older, they're ready to play, and they get minutes, and they put up stats as rookies. Um, so the guys that I have on my first team are Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Josh Giddy and Chris Duarte. Those are the five. And again, like you said, there are no positional boundaries here. And so it's just five guys. And so I have five perimeter guys there, but I think those are the guys that are going to get the minutes, the stats, and are the most ready to contribute. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I would add Bones Highland. I think that he's played great in preseason. He's played great in the summer league. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes in Denver's rotation this year, especially without Jamal Murray being there. And I think the winning is going to help him. So I have him. I have the same lineup, but I'm going to go with Bones Highland over Jalen Suggs. I mean, Suggs was awful in the preseason. I know it's only three game sample size, but he was pretty bad. He was awesome in the summer league, though. So yeah. I don't know. Does it cancel out? It's hard to know. Such a small sample. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Magic fan. There's zero chance I'm leaving him out of my first team. I think he'll be just fine. I've always thought of him as a super high floor player. I have four top 10 guys in the first uh, first team. I've got Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Davion Mitchell, and then Trey Murphy, who I feel like is just a, even though the Pelicans are kind of a, you know, already less than what we expected, I think Trey Murphy still is going to get really efficient numbers. Not going to be anything flashy, but he's going to be a guy who, probably gets 45, 40, 80. So, and that that's pretty good for a rookie. Yeah. Now, do you trust the Orlando Magic to have a steady rotation or when do you think it's going to even out? Uh, yeah, that's probably actually the biggest obstacle to Jalen Suggs. I do think though that he will get one of the teams. I think first team is solely dependent on what happens with that. I think it's not going to be even out until almost three weeks, a month after Markel Fultz returns. I think he'll benefit a lot though early on without Fultz. Yeah. Now, when is folks yeah. scheduled to come back? I've he's been doing contact drills in practice like he just started. So it was originally Christmas was the projection. I think now sometime in between Thanksgiving and Christmas would be my guess. Could be even earlier. Yeah, that situation in Orlando is. So <laughs> yeah, they just got talent and fit next. Yeah. Yep. So let's kick off the second team. Um, Tim, you want to lead off? Yeah, I've got Davion Mitchell, Alperin Shangun, and then Evan Mobley, Trey Murphy. And then, you know, if you go just to preface this last pick, I went with JRE, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, just as kind of a sleeper pick for fun. Because if you go back and look every year, there's always, almost always a guy from the second round that ends up making it. And so the reason I went with JRE there is because the Thunder are going to suck and they're basically just auditioning for who's actually going to be on the team a few years from now alongside SGA. So I think he's going to get minutes and he's going to put up points and rebounds. Like he's ready to contribute right away. And so he's that guy from the second round. So again, Davion, Shengun, JRE, Mobley, and Murphy. And the next guy for me would be Scotty Barnes. I, I didn't have him making it coming into the preseason, but he's played kind of better and he looks even more ready to contribute than I thought. So I could certainly slot him in there, but that's kind of how I have it right now. Yeah. And I like that you threw in the just missed uh, because this draft is ridiculously deep where 
finding 10 people is very hard. The, the big differentiator yeah. will just be health, I think, in this one. Yep. What about you, Raphael? Yeah, I'm going with Mitchell, Shingoon, Barnes, Suggs, and Mobley. Who would be your just missed? Who's like uh, next man off? Cam Thomas. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. See, I'm going to look silly, uh, but Sam, I cannot thank you enough for putting Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I know. I, I, st- I stole your thunder with that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, I do not mind. This is this is all thunder, no pun intended, actually, is, uh, is completely welcome with Jeremiah <laughs> Robinson Earl. My team is Moses Moody. I think he's really going to show out when Clay Thompson is out. I really do think he's going to be one of the biggest beneficiaries. Alperin Shingun, the, I mean, he translates from Turkey. Chris Duarte, James Book Knight is kind of, uh, I feel like a dark horse, and then Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And then it was really hard for me to leave off. I mean, Jared Butler is someone who I see could be up there. Uh, yeah. And then Josh Gideon, Evan Mobley somehow didn't, I don't know how they didn't make it. But uh, those two, I'd be pretty shocked if I'm right about them missing. Yeah, I, I've um, forgot about Book Knight. Um, and, and with Gordon Hayward's injury history, Book Knight could end up playing a lot of minutes there. Um, I mean, right now it just seems like there's so much talent in this draft and there's at least 13 to 15 guys that you can say that that could be in the top 10 rookies. Um, like I said, Cam Thomas could end up in that role, <laughs> end up being really good in, in Brooklyn. I mean, he is just a Joe Harris injury away from playing 30 <laughs> minutes a game. <laughs> Uh, especially without Kyrie, so their depth took a hit there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, but it's, I, I totally forgot about Book Knight. And he's, you can make a case and say that he's been one of the better – If you can make a case and say he's been the best rookie in preseason. Yeah, which is pretty wild. Yeah. No, those are, those are all really good predictions. Just a little on-the-spot question um, that I did not prepare you all with, but who do you all think will be the most exciting, like, must-watch rookie for this year? Giddy. Gibby would be, he was going to be my pick too. Um, but um, I just, it's just hard for the second team because as we're going through these guys, it's just hard to predict who's actually going to get minutes, right? Like outside of Cade, Jalen Green, you know, Giddy is going to play for the Thunder. Uh, we talked about Cam Thomas, like Bones Highland, Book Knight. Now, even you picked Moses Moody, and as a Warriors fan, I just don't think he's going to play that much, to be honest, this year. The Warriors are all in on you know, winning as many games with these vets as possible. I loved Moody. I had him sixth on my board. It's just hard to know kind of which of these guys on these decent teams that are really trying to compete, which of these guys are going to get the requisite minutes to make one of these teams. Yeah, I think Moody's going to end up getting a lot of DNPCDs. I mean, you figure you have Wiggins, who had a good year last year. I think Otto Porter is going to play a lot. I think he was probably one of the most underrated signings of the offseason pool. Um, Damian Lee is ahead in the rotation right now as well. Yeah, and I think uh, Steve Curry even came out and said Lee is going to be in their rotation. Yep. And, I mean, it doesn't hurt that he's Steph's brother-in-law, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to be the, the easiest miss on mine. If, if I had to replace him um, – God, I still don't even know who I would put. I guess Giddy would probably go there over Mobley. You guys have already sold me in the last like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you guys, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts or uh, you want to close this out and close out the predictions? 
I think that's about it for me. Can't wait for the NBA to start. Um, actually, let me ask you guys. This is one question that I am kind of excited about. So I, I think I have the Suns and Jazz at the top of the West. Um, but in terms of the grouping of like the Warriors, Mavs, Nuggets, Blazers, Grizzlies, just give me your quick answer. Who do you think kind of rises out of that group in terms of after the Lakers, after the Suns, after the Jazz, who's your guys' pick to kind of rise out of that group in terms of kind of that next group in the West? I, got I might it. be a little biased. I am a Blazers fan. I mean, they've been kind of in that range the last few years, and that's with a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. If they can actually stay healthy, I mean, if you can get Dame and CJ and Nurk to stay healthy, I like what they've added. And Larry Nance, who was underrated, but he's a guy that can pass the ball. I mean, if you look at the Blazers roster the last few years, they had absolutely nobody that could pass the ball outside of Nurk. I mean, you had guys that can catch and shoot. Also, I think they're also going to be better simply because you don't have, you're not going to have lineups of Carmelo and Cantor playing 15 to 25 minutes per game. So I think Portland, they can stay healthy and improve their defense. I think that they could rise. I'm going for Dallas, but I know they looked good in the preseason. Maybe I'm just a little kind of weary. I I saw that they were running post plays for Willie Polly Stein and Moses Brown. <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about, about that. I think they're supposed to shoot less threes this year and, and, you know, play more inside. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. Jason Kidd's one of the biggest wild cards for sure. What about you, Richard? Yeah. I mean, mine is Dallas. I, I think, I that does scare me. Uh, what you said, Raphael, about the post ups, but I do think the biggest thing is that while I do love Ricardo and I think he's one of the better coaches still in the league, the addition by subtraction from him and and Haralabov and and Donnie Nelson and just a lot of the, I love the Reggie Bullock signing. I like the Sterling Brown signing. I think they do do a really good job of surrounding him, and I think Luca is going to be even better this year. And I really think Porzingis is going to be engaged on defense. Um, I don't really care about what happened in the preseason in terms of that, because I know he was engaged on defense. It doesn't really sway why I'm saying that, but I do think a lot of his issues last year were, you know, a little bit coaching issue or coaching based. And I think those two things alone, just Luca getting even better and Porzingis returning to form on defense are massive leaps. Well, and really, I think nobody got in the West got noticeably what better. Whereas Dallas, I feel like kind of did the Reggie Bullock signing just adds more weapons and I'm all in on them. What about you, Sam? Um, I'm going with the Mavericks as well. I, like I said, I picked Luca to be my MVP. So if that's the case, I think they finished top four. And I just think there's kind of a little bit of a vacuum at the top of the West outside of Phoenix, outside of Utah. I think the Lakers are going to be worse than what people are expecting. That's kind of one of my hot takes. I don't have them finishing in the top three in the regular season, and I don't think they make the Western Conference Finals. So I think this is kind of like the big year for Luka. And then I think there's just going to be more buy-in, like you said, from Porzingis as well. And uh, so I think it's close. I could see cases for the Lakers or Warriors as well, but I'm, I'm going to go Mavericks. Yeah, I do not oppose that. Uh, <laughs> this yeah. is a welcome sign. I mean, Raphael's in Dallas on Mavstrap. Like, you're preaching to the choir. Yep. 
Well, I really appreciate y'all coming on. This is so fun doing this. I know it's our first time being here all three together. You, uh, Sam and Raphael, you guys want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yep, you can follow me at Draft Dummies on Twitter. And uh, yeah, posting a lot of clips, a lot of stats, and it'll be even more during the college basketball and NBA seasons. Yeah, you can find me at Barlow, B-A-R-L-O-W-E-5-0-0 on Twitter. And then I have my website, NBADraftJunkies.com, and also my YouTube channel where I'll be posting a lot of videos and and content and um, more specifically covering like a lot of the, the international prospects I plan on. If all goes well, plan on spending the majority of the season in Europe, and I'm supposed to leave in a couple of weeks. So looking forward to that. Dang, that'd be awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. It's actually cheaper to live in Europe than it is in the States. So I might save some coins while I'm doing it. (laughs) Hey, that's wonderful. And you guys do the show Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. You guys are awesome at what you do. Really good follows. Love following everything you guys post. You guys are easily two of the sharpest minds out there for draft Twitter. Uh, Definitely give them both a follow. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day.